Hello, and welcome to 7-Minute Opinions, your audio guide to thought-provoking arguments from a variety of the week's writers and thinkers. I'm Bonnie Christian, and today I'd like to share what President Trump has reiterated for me about a dangerous problem at the heart of American government. C.S. Lewis described friendship as that moment when one person says to another, What? You too? Up until that moment, you thought no one else shared your combination of interests. No one else thought as you did. No one else saw what you saw, until that moment of friendship. When Donald Trump won the Republican nomination and then the presidency, I hope to have a similar revelation with the American public. See, we libertarians get a bit of a voice crying in the wilderness complex about executive overreach. But with Trump, I thought we would truly be vindicated. In Trump, everyone would see why it's risky to concentrate so much authority in the presidency, in the whims of a single person. Everyone would see why stout structural limits on this office are so necessary. Everyone would see what we've lost in upsetting the constitutional balance of power, in permitting our equilateral government to go scaling. I thought Trump's unique failings of policy and character would shine a brilliant light on how fundamentally reckless we have been to let the executive devolve to its present imperial state. Everyone would finally see what libertarians have seen for years. What, you too? They'd say. I've been waiting but that hasn't happened. That's not to say that Trump isn't without his fair share of detractors. At a popular level, we saw the Women's March, the Science March, the Earth Day March, and the Tax Day March, all very impressive and more or less explicitly born out of anti-Trump fervor. But the harsh reality is these movements' concrete accomplishments in cutting back executive overgrowth is nada, zilch, zero. Under the auspices of fighting the war on terror, short-sighted partisans entrusted an enormous amount of power to Presidents George W. Bush and Barack Obama. Marching has not taken away President Trump's ability to misuse the executive power that has been passed down to him. Marching has not erected institutional strongholds built to weather any presidential storm. Sure, the lower courts slapped down Trump's immigration and refugee executive orders, which the Supreme Court then partially allowed. But the lower courts could have gone farther— slapping down executive orders talus qualis, the primary means by which the executive branch has usurped the constitutional policy-making authority of the legislature. And yet, they did not. The presidency is supposed to be administrative, acting on congressional direction. George Washington gave his office the humble definition of chief magistrate. Today, it is an expansive role of unparalleled and, with Trump's 100-day mark come and gone, still unfettered power. Meanwhile, the legislature remains as feckless as ever. GOP leadership, cherry of offending an uninformed and capricious president of their own party, have displayed a shabby hypocrisy, permitting in Trump all they decried in Obama. Congressional Democrats, meanwhile, have busied themselves complaining about Trump on a personal level and debating the merits of impeachment. When news broke of the president's attempt to squash fired FBI Director James Comey's investigation of ousted National Security Advisor Michael Flynn, House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi remarked that, at best, it was a grave abuse of executive power. She did not, however, proceed to question the status quo of executive power itself. Meaningful structural change could be had if we wanted it. There's no doubt the process would be difficult and often counterintuitive given the extent to which presidential glorification has become our cultural norm. At the federal level, it would require a competent, substantive, accountable reassertion of congressional authority. Stop laughing and bear with me, especially in matters of foreign policy and regulatory action. 
At the state and local level, it would require the activist enthusiasm that fueled movements like Black Lives Matter be funneled into shifting the balance of power back towards strata of governance, whose smaller size makes them at once more responsive and more boring, which is to say, less subject to the excesses that got us Trump. The president's defenders have coined the phrase Trump derangement syndrome to describe the special venom with which, they say, his critics tip their weapons. This is mostly a punt, but it does get at the foolishly individual nature of too much pushback against the president. It is true that Trump should not have the power he has, but the bigger truth, the truth that has so far failed to register, is that no one should. And that does it for this episode of 7-Minute Opinions. Look out for new episodes every Tuesday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. For more of the week's selection of podcasts, including 7-Minute Explainers and This Week I Learned, go to theweek.com slash audio. And as a thank you for listening to this episode, we'd like to offer you four risk-free issues of The Week magazine. To get those, visit theweek.com slash for free. I'm Bonnie Christian, and thanks so much for listening. 